you know, I was, as I was praying and, and studying this week and kind of meditating on where I've been preaching, and, you know, I've been kind of, I don't want to say I've been hard on the church. But I, I don't think I have at all. I think we've been right out of Galatians just taking the word, and I hope you're receiving it. I hope you're receiving it in love. You know, we've got to, church has got to wake up, right? But I started saying, you know, I, I, this is the, how the enemy works. I'm, even in my life, I'm driving down the road thinking about what I've been preaching and where we've been as a church and start thinking, man, people are going to get, they're going to start thinking I'm a works pastor and you've got to read your Bible. I don't know if you remember Bertie Britt saying, you know, if, if I don't, I don't want to say this the wrong way because I thought he was right on. Your quiet time can become your religion. I, I don't know that that makes any sense, but but when, you're, when your peace comes out of getting your quiet time in, uh, as, as a scheduled thing, not as a, not, uh, can you all follow me? I'm not making much sense. But I am a schedule-oriented person. And if I don't read my one-year Bible, I feel like I've backslid. You know, it's not in the routine, it's in the relationship. And that's what Bertie Britt was talking about. It was about grace. And, you know, and I, sometimes I fear, or I, yeah, it's fear that Satan tries to put in me. Um, people are going to think I'm legalistic, and you've got to press button A, B, and C before the Lord will do the blessing. And, you know, when we want to get legalistic about reading God's Word on a daily basis, that is Satan. Now, did that come out right? Because you're not responding good. When Satan tries to tell you that reading your Bible every day is legal, legalism, that, that's from the pit of hell trying to stop you from doing what you're supposed to be doing. And that's the word I got. I'm sitting there battling, and, and I feel like Satan was trying to attack me. And immediately the Lord said, wait a minute. That's not me. I wouldn't tell you not to be in my word every single day. Do you see how the thoughts that we have, we've got to weigh them against God's word. You weigh them against God's word, you will get a straight answer clear directly from the Lord this you guys like to text BTW by the way is directly from the Lord to you and the Lord says when you hear something test it chew on it is it of me or is it not and sure enough I could start to I could start to really believe in my heart that I'm going down a legalistic road. I'm not. I'm preaching directly out of Galatians chapter 2 and I don't feel like I've veered off at all. So if you've been battling a little bit, pastor, man, you're trying to say you've got to do this God thing 24-7 and take up your cross and walk this thing out. Man, that sounds pretty religious. No, it's God's way. We have got to up our game. My son, Tim, uh, my son Pete is reading Tim Tebow's biography. And I just started telling him, I said, son, he did not get where he is by being mediocre, by being halfway. He got it by giving it everything he had. And he does the same thing in his walk with Christ. He doesn't care that he's playing for Florida. You know, whether it's a liberal or a non-liberal, you know, a, a liberal religiously, whether it's politically correct or what kind of state it, nope, nope, I'm going to tell everybody about Jesus. And let it cost me what it cost me. Well, it ain't cost him nothing. But he's reading the story about Tim Tebow, and I told him today, 
Pete, everything that's in Tim Tebow, that ability is in you. And I said, you're 13 years old, and you've got your whole life in front of you. Now, how you apply yourself, he's got, I, I'm just, I, I, my wife would shoot me. I, I don't know where she is, but it must be God, her not being in here. <laughs> Pete's got all, ba- all, all A's and he's got one B that's almost an A. And I said, either you're going to work your way into that or you're not. You got a decision to make right here. You know, you're sitting at your job and you're kind of doing mediocre and you could do so much more. Th- th- there's another level you can go to down deep, Right? We all know we've got that gear we can kick in. Have you ever been at, in your, at your last leg, you've been hiking or whatever, any of you deer hunt, you put on your uh, deer hunting season, I heard, starts next, this coming week, and you put on your tree stand, and you're hiking up, and you're sweating, you're about ready to die, you're thinking, why have I done this? This is the dumbest thing ever. You're just rolling and sweating. It's 10 degrees, you know, it's just a, just joy all around, and you feel like, I have been here, and even if you're dragging the deer out, you feel like you can't make it another step. And then you dig down deep, and you finish. That's where we are as Christians. We've come, we've come this step, now we've got to go this next step. That's what Galatians chapters 1 through 5, the whole book is about, is watching yourself that we don't get off track, because we can get off track. Church pastors can get off track. Churches can get off track. Denominations can get off track. Denominations aren't the devil. What men make them into, what we, what we do with God and his word can, can get off. But Galatians chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5 is all about get back on track and kick it into the next gear. And don't wait, don't expect your brother next to you to do it for you. You do it. It is costly. It may cost you some friendships. It may cause a little bit of pain, but I'm telling you, it is right, and the Lord will reward it here on earth. Not to mention the reward that you will have in heaven. Now, Is it wrong to do it for the reward? I don't think so. Why would God tell us what the reward is? He tells us that, so we'll do it. One of the reasons why I tithe is because God says he'll bless me financially. I'm not trying to be greedy. I'm trying to take advantage of the benefit. If you've got health insurance at your work and you never go to the doctor, whose fault is it? Yours. The benefit's there. The the business is not saying, oh, please just don't go. I know I've given you this, but just don't go. I, I know you got the card, and I know you can go and have your $10 copay or whatever it might be, but really, we really don't mean it. Please don't go because it's going to hurt us. No, you go. You would never think twice about going and getting a checkup, right? I don't know. Any, nowadays, you can't go to the emergency room without it costing you a leg, even with health insurance. But I want you to know there are these benefits in hearing God's word to obedience and to walking for him with everything you got. Do you know that there's a a scripture, and I can't quote it, that says that if you get wrongfully accused for something, if you didn't do something and you get in trouble for it and you hold yourself together through it and don't don't whine and don't make, don't don't go down the wrong way, that it, God, see, God, how does he say it? Uh, 
God, view, God views it as good. I'll, I'll have it for you next week. I might could even have it for you tonight. But that if you suffer through something that was not your fault, that God finds it commendable. That's the word that he uses. So, you know, you're walking through stuff and it's not your fault. Try to figure out how to get through it God's way because God finds it good and God's going to bless you for it. I want to get under the blessing of God. Not get ahead of him, not get behind him. Definitely don't get above him. Stay beneath him and under that flow of his blessing. I'm not greedy. I think the Lord would say, if we do that, we're smart. We're called. That's our purpose. Get underneath that coverage of the Lord and let him bless us. All right, let's see if I can finish this. I think I can. We've been talking about God's, God's master plan for the church. God's master plan for the church. Let's see here. Uh, Blake, have you got my um, PowerPoint? My uh, keynote? We're going to go right back to verse 16. It's where, we, where I actually began last week. Is it not there? There we go. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. Y'all got your Bibles with you? Let's quickly, quickly try to catch up. And I've, I've just got just a little bit more. Um, it says, from whom, who is Jesus, the whole body joined and knit together by what, which every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth for the body of the edifying of itself. Now, do you remember what causes growth? Man, I've, I've, I think I've taught on this two straight weeks. What causes growth? It's the body. The body causes growth. If we had an English teacher in here, you can see from whom the whole body causes growth of the body. From whom the whole body join and knit together by which every joint supplies according to the effective work by which every part does its share. So when the whole body is in place, the whole body is working together, flowing together, causes the body to grow. Do you see how important the body is? Not, not programs, not worship style, not preaching style, the body. I want, I would, I, you know, it, it would help my ego if it said the pastor caused growth. It doesn't. Pastor, your church isn't growing. It's their fault. <laughs> and, and, I'm just telling you what it says. But you can see when we start plugging in, you can't, you can't hardly stop from it growing. When, you, when, I, when I got plugged in, I couldn't help but talk about it. Somebody hear what I got to say. I'm back in there in the sound booth, and I'm loving it. I didn't know I could serve Jesus like this. My goodness. And it wasn't always glory back there. Let me tell you, the only attention a sound guy gets is negative. Never positive. Well, a good sound guy goes unnoticed. If he's highly noticed, he ain't doing his job. That's right. So, the body, we could sum this up with three words, completeness, unity, strength. It says the whole body, 
the complete body. Fitly joined together. Joined and knitted together. This is unity. So, completeness, unity, and then finally, by which effectively working together where everybody does its share, which is strength, compacted, pulling together. But finally, we see that every joint and every part, every member of the body must be functioning efficiently and in its proper place before the whole body can present this picture. We have got to get in our spot. Pastor, what's my spot? Come ask me. I'll help you. The, the great thing about the Lord is I believe if we'll just be willing to serve, the Lord, will, the Lord will slide us into where we're supposed to be. If we'll be obedient and get somewhere that maybe we're not called to be, maybe we're not great at, maybe we're not talented, but we don't know anywhere else to, man, just put me somewhere. The Lord will find the right place. I believe that with all my heart. Now, you got to get in that place and give it everything you got. Good attitude, whether it's children's ministry or ushers. We need ushers. We need greeters. We need, we need all kinds of people. Sunday school teachers. Man, we need help. Life group leaders and facilitators and hosts. We need you. I feel like Uncle Sam. I need you. Finally, if all these conditions are met, the body will build itself up. Under the proper conditions, the body should grow naturally. Now notice, again, this is where we left off, and I'm going to just touch on this again. He says, what's the word that he says? He uses the word joints. Where is it? By which every part? Is it not in? Right there, joint. And as I said last week, I believe that this is interpersonal relationships. It's like the joints in my body. They are not independent. They are joined together, flowing back and forth, blood going back and forth, minerals, all kinds of food and water and stuff happening amongst every joint in my body. Right? Same thing in the body. We've got to get connected. I may have wonderfully healthy, strong, and strong bones and be healthy, but if they're not joined together, they cannot function. No matter how strong and healthy we may be individually in the body of Christ, if we're not joined together in correct, healthy relationships, the body cannot function. Colossians chapter uh, 2 verse 19 doesn't just speak of uh, joints, but also it speaks of the joints and bands. These bands, we read this last time, so I'm not going to read it again. These bands or bonds, I believe, are our overall attitudes. The Scripture mentions two great bands. If you don't mind, let me just turn to it and let me read it to you. And uh, I feel like I'm going to kind of miss the... I'm going to miss it if I don't read this. Colossians chapter 2, verse 19. It says, and, and, uh, and not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. Another translation uses joints and bands. But I believe this is our attitude. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, it says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. I think I have this. 
Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. This is one of those, when it talks about bonds, this is peace. And the second spoken of is love from Colossians chapter 3 verse 14. But above all things put on love, which is the bond of perfection. These are the overall attitudes which makes it possible for the unity of the body. Which is what? Peace and love. So many times we have just the opposite of that in the church. These are the bonds that help hold these joints together. Peace and love. In your life group, peace and love. Learning to reach out to one another. Learning to listen. Learning to hear what's going on in their life. Ezekiel chapter 37 gives us a beautiful portrayal of what God is doing today in the church. And if you remember this, this scripture, it's talking about the valley of the dry bones. Do you remember this? And this represents here in this scripture, and I believe even here today, it represents God's people scattered in exile, lost, hopeless, forlorn, and dead. Ezekiel was given a revelation from God that he was to prophesy over these dry bones. Let's read this. It says, I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. And the bones came together. Bone to his bone. Excuse me. And I believe that that's where we are as a, as a, as a global church. Today, I believe there is a shaking going on. Have you, has anybody ever seen how churches are joining together now and denominations coming down uh, all across the board? Things that 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago would have never been thought of. Never. Even churches today removing denomination, denominational names. You know, denominations was a move at one time. Hymns was a move at one time. God will, there will be a new thing that God is doing. However, his word will never change. You know, the message, the style, the things will change. I mean, a hundred years ago, I guess, they didn't have air conditioning and they had outdoor plumbing. Well, did we miss God because we got outdoor, because we got indoor plumbing? People come in and say, oh, you got the screens. It's the devil. I'm not staying here. That sounds funny. That's the truth. People will run out the door. If I'm not, if some churches even still today, I had a pastor tell me uh, this week that some people still will walk out of his church if he doesn't use the King James Version. God's doing a new thing. And we want to be a part of that new thing. However... The cross and the blood of Jesus and obedience to Christ and repentance will never change. Something that's happened in, in, in many of, of the churches is we've gotten away from repentance. Let's just feel good. Let me give you something to make you feel good. I don't need to feel good. I need to be free of my sin. I need to be right with God. What good is feeling good if I'm wrong, if I'm out of whack with God? That's a good word for somebody. 
it, it's an oxymoron to, to walk out feeling good but be out of whack with God. It's an oxymoron to the, to the design of the church. You know, when you deal with your sin, it hurts, but that hurt will heal, and it won't come back if, if you'll stay on track. If you medicate that sin, if you cover it, it'll come back, and it'll come back worse. And if you keep medicating it and keep just put, going over it, that infection will eventually get you. It'll eventually kill you. It will. You're going to die one way or the other, and one of them may be on a highway to hell. But when we allowed, if you remember from years ago, I taught on bitterness and unforgiveness, the root of bitterness, that Derek Prince talked about it being like a piece of shrapnel uh, from, from soldiers where bombs had gone off and metal would go in their body. And the doctor could fix the exterior wound. And it would heal. The outside would heal. And the, the, the soldier would feel better for a while. But that piece of metal will start, it'll start infecting and start corroding until it eventually will kill him. And how painful it is to have to cut open and pull apart and get that out. But once that's out, real healing can take place. You want to know why you need repentance? is to be healed of the hurt that you're walking through. It's not a place that you've just got to just, just, every time we come to the Lord, it's just getting beat up. God's not a God who just wants to beat us up and spank us every time he'd turn around. No, he wants to get that shrapnel out and really heal you. <clears throat> not give you Prozac to help you with your depression. Heal you of depression. You know, my God can heal bipolar syndrome. My God can heal cancer. There is nothing too big that he can't handle. The problem is, will we allow him to do surgery on us? And then will we walk it out? You know, I believe it's in Romans, tells us that what Christ has done for us on the cross has given us the power to overcome what sin we face, what temptation we face. And nothing that comes at you is too big that you can't handle. Many of you have been through some major tragedy, major temptation, major uh, bumps in the road. Major. I'm not trying to discount that at all. Major. We all have had uh, things we've had to walk through. But Scripture tells me that His grace is sufficient for me. And I'm sorry for the things that you've walked through. But I want you to know that that hurt that you're still dealing with can be healed. That person that parent abused, abused as a child, that, that wound in you can be healed. Maybe you've had a husband or a spouse that, that, that beats you 
that wound can be healed. I mean totally healed. I don't mean paint it over and you deal with it. I mean healed, where you get free. I mean free, like, like, like you were before it ever happened. Maybe you're dealing with some type of addiction. I want you to know you can be free of that. You can be free. I believe in this next phase, we're going to find bone coming to bone. People are going to begin to find their place and their function in the body and become rightly related to one another. The basis for this union will be, the, will be a function, not denomination or doctrine. We'll start to come together with a singleness of mind and purpose and vision. It doesn't matter if you come from a Baptist graveyard or a Catholic graveyard or a Pentecostal graveyard or a Jehovah's Witness graveyard or a Muslim graveyard. In the end times, in the, in the last days, this church is going to come together. Tonight, we, we've got our youth at Prescott Middle School joined with so many churches. My daughter came, to, came home today and she said, Dad, do you have any idea how big this thing is? Everyone I know is going. The skit guys are the ones that did that Father's Day uh, or Mother's Day. Mama, ooh, I know I made you sad when I really thought your meatloaf was bad. It's not my fault. It needed salt when nothing really matters. Anyway, they're Christian. <laughs> I can't remember. You know, I can't. You're right. Because it's being sung. That's right, Judy. That's why some of us need the word given to us in song because we can't remember it any other way. They were, they were in uh, Prescott Middle School today and in Sparta's school system today. They, I don't believe they were able to share the gospel, but, we're, but I believe they are tonight. But their message was on hurt. And that's where we are as a, as a nation, as a body, is hurt. We don't know how to deal with our hurt. Well, I want to encourage you. You've got to walk out of your pig pen. You can stay in there or you can walk out. Finally, Ezekiel prophesied again. And the bones were covered with joints, sinews and flesh and skin, and they became bodies. But they were still lifeless. And he prophesied again. And the spirit came into the bodies. And they stood up. And what stood up was an exceeding great army. This is who we are. When we connect to one another and to one body and to one spirit, life is going to be breathed in us through the Holy Spirit. I believe today that true believers 
are recognizing each other and taking their place in the local church. This local church is the body. When the local bodies have been formed, then in fulfillment of the final phase of Ezekiel's vision, the Holy Spirit will move into those completed bodies. And the church of Jesus Christ will stand up and be revealed to a world, an exceeding great army. Would you stand together? I don't, don't stand up. I just am asking as a church, will you stand together and make a decision to join? Join one another. Lock arms. Get, get involved. It is God's will that you get involved in this church. We are missing it because we're not connected. Let me tell you, we, I am I have, I have met with two pastors. I'm inviting them to come and speak. Actually, three. Um, we're going to be having Brother Jimmy Arms in a couple weeks come and speak here. And I can't wait. I'm telling you, I so received from him, him a couple weeks ago. And I told him we were going to have him uh, probably six months ago, and it just hasn't worked out. But, but we've got him, and he's coming. And I believe that Steve Taboo from the river is going to come and speak to us. And I believe that Bobby Davis from First Assembly or Life Church is going to come and speak. And I want you to know as your pastor, we're getting, our, we're getting our walls down. And we're going to start joining up with some other churches. And we're going to be a part of what God's doing. And we're going to be a part, we're going to be this body connecting to the body. I don't know what it's going to look like. And it's probably going to be awkward and going to stretch everybody. Well, good. We've got to sit in here long enough. Let's, let's go be a part of the body. And I want to ask you to join with me and join with my deacons in, in leading this congregation into what the Lord is doing in our community, in our nation. I want to encourage you also, pray for our president. Pray for our nation. Pray for our congresspeople. The approval rating of our decision makers in our nation is a joke the church should be in approval of the people that God has placed over our nation. It's not an option. It's not an option. Now, we're not going to approve sin, but we are to support and pray for them and quit talking about them negatively. Do you know that you're coming outside of the will of God when you do it? And I don't care if you're getting your hair done or your nails done or you're talking around the water cooler at a football game. It's wrong in every spot. You want to be blessed? Pray for your president. You want to be blessed? Pray for the nation of Israel. That brother Dent give me this book tonight. Pray for the nation of Israel. And get involved in your church. Get involved in your church. Amen? Amen. Father, I just thank you for tonight. I just plead the blood of Jesus over us right now. And Lord, I just come right straight to your cross. And I thank you that the work of the cross was the bridge that restored me back to the Father. Restored me back in right standing with Father God. And it's not based on me and what I've done. What I've done is horrible, but it's based on Jesus Christ. That I can stand on that bridge of Jesus Christ and his provision 
and I can come boldly to the Father. You're here tonight and you're battling something. I can feel it. I can feel it. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Boldly means if you can imagine a Walmart line and people all in your way and you've got to push your way through it to get to the Father. The woman with the issue of blood did not wait for Jesus to come to her. She went to him. She didn't even wait for him to reach her his hand out and pray for him. She didn't even need him to pray for him. Her faith sought was seen in her touching him. She knew in her heart if she could just touch the hem of the garment. And Jesus said, it's your faith. Because of your faith did you get healed. Your faith in who Jesus Christ is, is what's going to give you breakthrough. But you have to push your way to it. The Holy Spirit, Jesus is a gentleman. He does not push. He waits. He's waiting for you to open the door. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for, I, I, believe, I believe we've had a word from the Lord tonight. Push your way to the Father. Come boldly to the throne. Thank you, Lord. Lord, as, 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 as these people under the sound of my voice are, are, may try in their own effort, in their own, they don't, uh, we, sometimes we don't know the right way. I thank you, Lord, that you look at the heart, not the, not the process. You look at the heart. You don't look at how we come. You just look that we come. I want to encourage you, whatever you feel like doing, do it. Heal us, Lord. Restore us. Join us together supernaturally and let us do mighty things. I just pray spiritual and scriptural growth over this church. Growing with other churches, growing with one another. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. I hope you have a great week.